Welcome to Hot Flashes and Cool Topics, a podcast for women in midlife and beyond. At Hot Flashes and Cool Topics, we talk about anything and everything to do with midlife. My name is Bridget. And I'm Colleen. And today we have Valerie Campbell on. And Valerie has some just really interesting stories. Um, she started out as like a set costume designer, um, for, especially on Girl, Gilmore Girls was one of her um, more famous uh, ones, but she's been on all kinds of different shows. And she also started an ice cream company or ice cream, not really company. She wrote an ice cream book. Ice cream. She wrote an ice cream book, but she started uh, making ice cream like 20 years ago, just kind of got inspired. And you'll hear all about that in our interview. And then she has this wonderful, adorable book that she has self-published that you can find on her website, which is Valerie's Cat Eye Screen. When Valerie had emailed us, you know, her she started talking about being a costume, uh, a costumer for mm-hmm. Gilmore Girls. So right then she had me because I'm a huge Gilmore Girl fan. <laughs> and then she mentioned ice cream, and I was like, well, you know, that's like that's the perfect storm for me. Yes. Gilmore yeah. Girls and some ice, and cream. ice cream. Yeah. But she has also um been the a costumer on Bombshell, A Star is Born, and she tells some stories about Lady Gaga, Jersey Boys, Coyote Ugly. She's been uh, done TV costumes for Last Tycoon, Gilmore Girls, obviously, True Detective, Mad Men, Criminal Minds, I'm reading mm-hmm. up, and Party of Five. So she's been around a lot of sets, and she has some great stories about that. Not to mention that she also has done recipes for over 180 different ice cream flavors. So mm-hmm. in her books, she likes to tell stories, which are very illustrated and, and adorable. And then she gives you the recipe, which is also illustrated, on how to make ice cream. And the books are very cute, so she's going to talk about those as well. But I have to tell you, like, you know, I have, and my husband is very aware of this. One of my crushes is Milo Vitamelia, who's Team Jesse. <laughs> Woohoo, Team Jesse. And it was interesting. She talks about how fun the festivals were. And those were some of my favorite episodes when they would do holidays, you know, mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, Halloween, Christmas episodes. She talks about, um, Melissa McCarthy and how nice it was to work with her and her coming back in secret for the reboot. So she's got some great stories. What, you know, I'm a huge Gilmore girl fan. But Bridget, what would your what would that be the equivalent for you? What were you? Well, you know, I didn't realize she had worked on Mad Men, but TV shows that I could watch, like if they come on anytime, and I'm like, oh, I got to watch this one. Well, it's usually Seinfeld or Friends, okay, or or even every every uh, everyone loves or everybody is it everybody everybody loves, loves Raymond. I, I have been watching, and you know, we've had Patricia. Patricia Heaton on. So they, those are on every night and I have been watching them and my husband has gotten into them and he never watched them before. But <laughs> They're John's great. Like, this was a really funny show. So that'd be like that. But you know, I didn't watch Gilmore Girls that often. I would run into it every once in a while and keep it on. And I, That's I just think it's wrong. something, I know you it's need wrong to binge. and you I need to, to get back into it. Cause I've seen episodes for sure. And every time I see an episode, I'm like, Okay, and, you know, of course, I know who Lorelai and I knew who Rory, I knew who yeah. they were. I knew who the people were on it, but I ne- didn't really watch it that much. But I hear people talk about it all the time. So I need to get back. Okay, on so it. when pandemic's over, we're going to binge watch. We'll correct that. And, you know, she does talk about <laughs> the controversy between doing the reboot because she was um, supervisor by that point. And I always had the attitude it was like icing on a cake. Like mm-hmm. I was just appreciative they came back and did the four seasons to be critical of that. 
like really you didn't, it was, it was a bonus. Like mm-hmm. thank you for doing it and taking the time to do it. So I enjoyed it. I love anytime I get a little extra will and grace or the Gilmore oh, yeah. girls or any of those. Yeah. Shows. So yeah. we're going to let her tell the stories, but enjoy, you know, enjoy it. And we will talk to you after the interview. Welcome back to Hot Flashes and Cold Topics. Today we have Valerie Campbell on. But first of all, thank you so much for coming, Valerie. Oh, you're welcome. I'm so glad that um, that I could join you. It's really fun. I've uh, been kind of listening to a lot of your, your uh, podcasts recently. Oh, great. Thank you. Thanks so much. You actually started on TV shows. Uh, basically, I've been... I've been a costumer for about 30 years and ooh, what is it? 20 years ago that we started Gilmore girls. I'm trying to remember. Probably. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I started the uh, episode 10 season one and finished all the way to the end. And then when we did the revival, they're like, Hey, do you want to come to the revival? And I was like, yeah, that'll be kind of fun. So did the revival. Starting back at the beginning, how did you become a costumer? How did that kind of come up? I, when I was in high school, I was in drama and our drama teacher's husband worked as a stage manager and he sort of planted the seed for me to get into the film business. And I'm like, I just want to get in the film business. I didn't care what it was. And then when I started to meet people, this one girl worked next to me, her cousin was a costume designer. And I said, Hey, I'd love to intern for you. And so I interned and worked for free. And then when I got done with it, I was like, I still don't know anything. So I interned on another show. And then eventually I started working um, from one show to the next. And, you know, 30 years later, I, I'm still amazed that I have, you know, that I work pretty much all the time when I can. When I want to work, I, you know, there's work usually. Although the mm-hmm. pandemic, totally different thing. <laughs> Longest yeah. Did, were you like, could you sew and things like that? Like, uh, did you do that not- before? You know, I, I sew, but I'm not, that's not my job within the union. My job in the union is I'm a set costumer. So I take care of the actors. I make sure they're in the right outfit. The costume designer will pick it out, shop it, design it, create it. And I'm the one that maintains it for the entire mm-hmm. time. So like, um, there's not much, I can't see your clothes, but for example, oh, um, I've got my your buttons, like you guys, oh, like your necklace, I would make sure your right. necklace on and that your glasses were on and that you'd have the same rings and that if you were buttoned a certain way or if you walked through the door and you had a coat on and then the next scene you don't have a coat on I'd make sure we find the spot in the in the um in the movement of that scene to take the coat off and put it on the coat hook and so anytime something happens I'm the one thinking three or four steps ahead to make sure that that object is in the right spot so that you can grab your coat and um, right. for your purse. And, and, and when there's a continuity error, that's my fault. Not many, but like, you'll see, like they always show the pretty woman oh. one where she was eating pancake and eating toast in the same, they cut yeah. back and forth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mine are yeah. usually gloves or scarves or, or things or small objects or earrings falling off in the middle of a scene. Like that's my fault if it gets on camera and it makes it into the cut. Um, and it happens. I'm not proud mm-hmm. of those moments. Um, but what's interesting is, um, you know, the pandemic really puts perspective into your life and you realize that like, is it life or death? No, it's not. Yeah. Right. There's yeah. a lot of real, real stuff going on in the world. And I think you just have to kind of let things go at a certain point. Right. How do you get comfortable with working with stars? Cause you're constantly with oh, them. 
the thing about it is figuring out who's nice and who's not. Okay. It's not about that they're stars. It's about that they're, some of these people are very nice, really, really nice. And like, and genuine human beings that will care about you. They'll remember you the next show. And then there's some that are so preoccupied with themselves and their own um, insecurities and they emanate them on you. And so you sort of just kind of try to stay away from those people. But <laughs> who, have been, who have been some of the nicest ones that you've worked with? Oh God. I mean, um, it just, there's so many. It's like hard. I've, I've worked with George Clooney. He was super nice. Um, I didn't actually work with him as a costumer too. He was our director on a movie. Um, and I worked with, um, on Gilmore girls. One of my best friends is Keiko. She's super nice. And Ed Herman. And I mean, there's, there's just a ton of and Liz Torres on the show who played Miss Patty. Um, it's so hard. There's so many, I, I feel like there's more nice people than not nice. And I, and I think that it's the not nice people that get the attention. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the problem in life is the more attention you give them, the bigger it seems, but every show you work on, there's going to be people who are just so genuine and you, you want them, you, you know, you feel mm-hmm. like they're your best friends and ultimately you've only working with them for like three or four days. <laughs> what was Gilmore girls like? It was, it was amazing and um, uh, wonderful and, and horrible sometimes because we had really long hours. We worked um, on average 70 plus hours a week and that's five days a week, not six or seven or eight. You know? <laughs> so we were, mm-hmm. uh, we'd start my call time and this is going to sound very strange, but my call time would sometimes be like 412 or 442 in the morning. It's, we do it on a weird increments of time. Mm-hmm. And so I'd start super early because our actress would come in and they'd need to have clothes for her to figure out what she's wearing. And then they'd go into makeup and hair. And then the, the normal shooting crew would come in at seven. Mm-hmm. This would be on a Monday. And then we would shoot till 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night, depending on how long. Yeah. So for us, by the end of one day, we'd work 19 sometimes. There was one time we worked 22 hour day. <gasps> And that was on a Thursday and we had to come back to work the next day. So you were kind of living in a zombie world where you're just like, you only see eat, sleep and drink the show. Mm. And it was, it was fun because we made it fun, but there was definitely not that many of us that survived from the beginning of season one to the end of, um, season seven. Um, but it was, it was, it was just magical whenever we would create like a festival scene because mm-hmm. you have one, yeah. it was just beautiful. Like just with the snow. Yeah. The snow is another story. That was it's paper. Cause we're in LA, we're shooting mm-hmm. in Burbank and it's not snowing on the ground and it's right. <laughs> snow. So it's paper and foam and gel and um, soap flakes and all, all that kind of stuff. And so it would be the start of our allergy seasons because we'd have paper in our lungs the whole time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, it's probably and my job would be like too. Yeah. brushing off their shoulders to make sure there was no little tiny flakes of paper on their shoulders when the little particles would fly through the air. But what was fun about the festivals is we would have like 10, 15 actors on for that whole scene and maybe each one of them had one line. So they didn't really have much to do. Mm-hmm. They just had their quick lines, so they were just like, and they're actors. They like to perform, and so they'd be saying funny things on set, or, or they would just, they just made 
being in a situation less miserable and mm-hmm. it was wonderful That's like nice. Melissa McCarthy was so much fun to oh, be around and, um you know so she would be in a lot of those scenes as well and, and my job on those nights was like here's a coat here's a coat let me take your coat let me take your coat because yeah as a customer you're responsible for keeping the actors comfortable and making sure that they um also look right so when you take the coat away you're like quickly like let me make sure your buttons look okay let me make sure your gloves mm-hmm. are on Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was it was a magical it was a magical time to be working and it's it's weird now because you don't work on that we did 21 to 22 episodes a year for mm-hmm. 10 months and now like most seasons are about 10 12 episodes yeah. not as much Mm-hmm. So it's a little different and you might work on two different shows throughout the year. Whereas we were working on one show and then we'd have like maybe two and a half, three months off and I would just sleep. <laughs> I, would yeah. sleep you know, <laughs> I wouldn't work on anything else, put my feet up, go on a vacation, just relax and, and chill because you knew that it was going to be an, another hard season when it came back. What, what about like with like unions, like if you had to work a 22 hour day and then have a call time, mm-hmm. You get paid. You got paid more for doing you that. Yeah. Do you have like, um, so when you leave set, you have 10 hours or back then it would be nine hours because we were working on location before they could call you back in. So luckily I only lived about eight minutes away from the set. So I'd go home, I'd go straight to sleep and wake up the next morning and go right back to work because there wasn't enough time to be able to like... I don't know what it's like. I, I have a very unusual life. I don't know what it's like to have friends where I go to a bar at night and go to Because <laughs> the bars were closed, yeah. Well, yeah. even that, like, you wouldn't yeah. have time to go. You just wouldn't have time, right. Yeah. It's just, it wouldn't even be something you would even think about doing. I'm sure there's people that do it, but... I, I don't never. know how they do it. Yeah, I don't know how they yeah. do it. Mm-hmm. Well, um, so th- that is just so fascinating, just the whole thing. And I think it gives a better insight to everybody that maybe thinks that working on a television show is all glamour and (laughs) and it is really hard. And typically you're indoors on a set location. You know, you might have those, you have those scenes where there are outdoor scenes and things, but you're inside, you know, that that's really what kind of would get to me was like, Oh my gosh, we're in this room with no windows all day. Well, yeah. You know what? It's so true is, um, that, and they keep the sets super cold usually, Mm -hmm. uh, because of all the lights, they have to keep it cold. So it might be 90, hundred degrees outside and you're, you're wearing a parka on stage Mm -hmm. and you walk into the stage and you might go outside maybe three or four times throughout the day, but otherwise you're in a pitch dark you know, location, mm-hmm. just freezing. And you're like, this is winter. It feels like winter, but it's not. It's so, it's unusual how we yes. change yeah. things and make it look different. Well, mm-hmm. they left, You they called you back. Was it strange to think you're going back for the four seasons? Oh, it was mm-hmm. wild. So I was the costume supervisor at that point. So um, I said, I'll come back, but I want to be the supervisor because I don't want to, I don't want to be stuck on set. And and so it was a different job, which was kind of nice um, because I was able to, I was responsible for the budgets. I hired the crew. Um, I made sure the bills got paid and, and I broke down the scripts. So I saw every single iteration of all the different scripts that they produced. And we may not have even shot that, but I saw it. And, um, and I was pretty like, 
I think I knew other than other, you know, the people that needed to know when they brought Melissa McCarthy on, I knew before anyone else knew. I even knew before the costume designer knew because they had asked me some weird question about my budget. And then they gave me some code, like use this code for this thing. And I was like, what What are you talking about? And then like a few days later, it was like, oh, Melissa's here. And I was like, yeah, I had a feeling about that. <laughs> and, um, so, and, and it was wild. Um, I walked into our office and our costume designer had put up photos of every single cast member that they were thinking about bringing on to the, um, to the reboot. And just looking at the photos on the wall and it just, I just started crying. I was like, Aww. oh my God, <laughs> that person. And like, you know, I kept in touch with quite a few of the actors, not everyone, but the ones that were cool, the ones that I liked, I kept in touch with them. Or if they lived close, I kept in touch. And so it was nice to go, oh my God, I hadn't thought about that person in a long time. And it'll be lovely to see that person. Oh my God, they're going to get, and we knew all this information and having to keep it tight lipped and we couldn't tell anybody anything. And, um, it was just, it was kind of wild to know. Um, and speaking of tight lip, like there was that whole thing with the last four words. Mm -hmm. Well, before, um, before we shot Gilmore, like when we, before we ended the season, the original seasons, um, I remember going like, I wonder what the last four words were. And so Brenda, my boss had said, Oh, I thought I heard a rumor that it was something else. Like it was like, you're adopted or something <laughs> 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 for years. I'm like, Oh, it's you're adopted. Okay. <laughs> and so, um, I had gone when they were shooting the last, okay. So the way they had uh, made the script, the last script in the reboot was, they had done the scene in the gazebo, which we know now is the last four words. And then they had added a couple weird little scenes that were not meant to be shot ever. Like they were never on the schedule. It was like Rory gets into a train compartment or some weird thing. Like it was just like, didn't even make sense. It was just, they put something in there to fill the space. But I was like, there's no way we're not shooting. This is where, and, and so I was like, I'm going to go to set that day. So I went to set <laughs> And Lauren's parents were sitting at the monitor, um, um, which is the video village, which is the director, the script supervisor. Um, and then Lauren's parents were there. Like hardly anybody was there. And I walked up and I said hi to them because I remembered her dad from the original show when he would come visit. And the mother, Lauren's, uh, Lauren's stepmother um, is crying as Aww. she's listening. And I wasn't hearing, I didn't hear the words at all. I didn't hear them spoken. I, she was wearing cans and she's like, she grabs my arm and she goes, I'm crying. This is just so touching. She goes, my own, like her own daughter was pregnant. So another daughter, like not. Mm -hmm. right? um, and so, and she had just told her that she was pregnant. And so it was like, Oh, I think I know what the last word. Like my intentions <laughs> were not hear the words. They were literally, I just want to see what the scene looks like. And so I was like, I think it's I'm pregnant, like or something like that. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh my God, I know the words. I know the words. This is weird. <laughs> it was it was the big secret. Oh it was. God. Yeah, it was it was wild. Do you I think they'll do another one? Oh. I don't think so, but you know, anything I would never have thought they would have done this one. Right. Um, but I feel like 
I feel like there was such a, a lot of people were not happy with the revival. And then there were people that, you know, it grows on them and they like, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed working on it. I enjoyed the scripts. And I know it's probably not a popular opinion with the fans, but if you're not going to enjoy what they did, what's going to say you're going to enjoy another one? Like why go down that road again? Like mm-hmm, just, right. you really just enjoy the original series and, and it's hard because the things that I hear people have complaints with are, are well, Rory's life was not um, what they had expected her life to be like. And it's like, well, but who, who do you know that has the same life that they were expected to have 10, 20 years before? Like, yeah, yeah. Everyone goes on a journey. We all go on a journey in life. And it's, it's that journey that makes you never know where it's going to be the stumbling block that's going to hit mm-hmm. you, send you on a different course. Like I'm sure now, like with the pandemic, how many lives have been changed and whether mm-hmm. you're able to find a way around it and, and still maintain some semblance of livelihood or has it hit you um, completely and you're not able to move past that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's interesting, but I don't know. I, yeah. Which, speaking of, you know, livelihoods and how paths um, change, look at what happened with you, you know, with the ice cream business. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm still a costumer. This is like my side hustle, as people like to say. Mm -hmm. It's a sweet side hustle because it's really fun. But basically what's happened with this is uh, we'd have the parties and then I would bring ice cream to set. And I would, I, I, when I say bring ice cream, I bring a flavor and sneak it on and give people some flavors. Like when I was on Stars Born, every day I would bring ice cream out and I'd bring like three or four flavors and I'd give little scoops of ice cream to everyone on set. And uh, at first it would be just my crew and then it would be someone else and then it would be another person. And, and then it was shortly after Stars Born that, that the fan fest people said, why don't you write a book? You could sell it at the festival. And I was like, okay. And so I sat, you know, it was funny because I was like, oh, write a book. That's a lot of work, you know? And it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so much work. And when I sat down to write it, it became this very, um, I, I started to type it and I was like, this doesn't feel right. And so I grabbed my pen and I started to just handwrite it. And then I started like when I, I think one of the recipes I had started was a watermelon. And so I drew a watermelon and I was working on timeless at the time that I started to write it. Oh, I love that. I love and I was just doing background. It wasn't nothing, <laughs> yeah. nothing fancy. And I had some time on my hands. So I'm sitting on set and I'm drawing a watermelon and my set partner that also helped me, I, I show her a picture and I go, what's this look like? And she's like, a watermelon. I'm like, okay, good. And then something else. And she's like, oh yeah, that looks like this. And I was like, okay, great. And so I started all the elements and I went, what if I illustrate this instead of drawing it, like instead of typing it, instead of, you know, you just using it as the title. So I illustrated the whole thing. And on Gilmore Girls, this is a random Gilmore connection, is our first AD was getting married. His wife was a chef and I was thinking like, wouldn't it be nice to make a book for them, a cookbook, get everyone on the crew and cast together. And so I hand wrote a cookbook and I bound it in leather. I'm one of those crazy people. I like to do everything from scratch and I like to do things, physical things with my hands and stuff. 
So I hand wrote every single recipe. And so I used that as the format for how I was going to create this book, except instead of just handwriting it, the illustrations took over. And then as I did the illustrations, I went, well, each recipe needs to have some uh, an inspiration. So I would take a friend or family member, and that would be the inspiration for that particular recipe. And as they got more complex, um, and I wanted them to all fit on a square. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted, they had to fit on a square and the spread had to tell both sides. So one was the story and one was the recipe. And as um, I progressed with the storytelling, the stories became more like puzzles. So they weren't like, I went to the store and I did this. It was, I went to, and there's a picture of a store and then I did this. And, and so sometimes I would use the same word twice and I would make it really big. And, and mm -hmm. sometimes I would have arrows pointing to where you're supposed to read the next part of the story. And part of that comes from my desire to slow people down, make people mm -hmm. slow down, make people enjoy it and not just read through and say like, how many words per minute can I read? No, I want you to slow down. I want you to enjoy it. You know, the illustration in your handwriting is so uh, um, creative and the illustration, were you always like, I, like that? You know what? It's so funny that I was like when I was mm -hmm. a little, little kid, I would always be drawing, but I never thought I would be able to write a book. Like that was never something I never thought I would be an author. Mm -hmm. And had my friend not said, you need to do this and me going, okay, well, let me figure out how to do that, which is crazy to me mm -hmm. to think about how, um, how that whole process went, because most times people say, oh, you need to do this. And you kind of go, well, let me look through this. This isn't working. I don't know how I can do that. And now I've done it. And I, like, I can't think about not doing it ever again. Like mm -hmm. I'm actually right now, um, when I had the book originally printed, I printed out 1500. I self-published and I'm down to my last 139 copies. Wow. And I'm not on Amazon. I'm not on anything. I just sell it on my website or I sell it when I see someone in person. How many, two questions, how many flavors are, have you made? And oh. two, where can, can you tell us the website? We'll have it in the show notes, but we want to make sure the listeners can hear your website as well. So, um, so, okay. In the book, there are 48 flavors, 12 of which are sorbets and two of them are vegan and then the rest are ice cream um and there's for each story in the book there's a recipe so they go hand in hand okay um the book is on my website which is valerie's cat eye like eyeball scream like you're screaming for your life and it's it's sort of a play on my nickname so i wear normally i can't wear them for zoom because i can't see you guys but i usually wear cat <laughs> And so they used to call me Val uh, Cat Eye Valerie on set. And so um, it's Valerie's, V-A-L-E-R-I-E-S, and then Cat, C-A-T-I-E-Y-E, Scream, S-C-R-E-A-M.com. We are going to make sure in the show notes your website is linked. So guys, oh, check okay. out the book. Um, and uh, we will... Thank you for your time. We appreciate it. Yes, this is so interesting. Thanks. Well, thank you so much, Valerie, for being on our show. 
it, it was so interesting. Now I want to get the book. I hope there's enough left because there's only a hundred of the first edition. She is going to come out with an, a second edition um, as well with more recipes in it. So in more stories in it. And she also is just really an interesting storyteller because yeah, she, read she was really us, good. Yeah. Yeah, the detail, you could almost, I'm like, maybe you should be doing some more writing too, you know, because of the detail. And we want to make sure that you check out her website for the book. You check out our website because we have tons of information and material there as well. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. And if you're inclined to leave a review, we would really appreciate a positive rating and a review because those have the algorithms happy dance. And then we get out to more listeners and we get to spread the word of midlife and beyond being an awesome time of life to even more people. So we would appreciate that. Uh, Make sure to follow us on all forms of social media guys and have an awesome day. Go eat some ice cream. Thank you. Yes. (laughs)